Hello! Welcome to Empty the Cues. It's a podcast where I, Will Williams, show my friends some of my favorite stuff. Uh, This is our first proper episode of watching The Good Place with Ellie and Gavin. Uh, If you haven't listened to this show before, they've never seen it. Uh, And I have seen all of it many times. So we talked for like two hours. about this first actual episode of The Good Place. Um, I'm not going to give you the whole two hours. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. But because we talked and talked forever and ever, let's just go right into it. Okay, but here we go. Can I just say, I love being right. (laughs) (laughs) Do tell, Ellie. Eleanor is such a basic white girl. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's start, um, before we go into a plot summary, how did you two like the episode? Ellie, I guess we'll start with you. Yeah. No, I loved it. It was really good. Great. Um, I had only, cringe count was only one. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Also, I have a, a note here very much at the top that just says, um, like LMAO will because I realized that the name of the episode is also the same as the name of the theme song that you chose. Oh my god, us. you caught it! Yeah! <laughs> that is, so I listened to the song before I chose it and then I saw the title and I was like yeah. this is perfect, like this person definitely made this just for this specific reason. Yep, this Are, is exactly why. <laughs> can we make Cringe Count a thing? Yes, we can. Because yes, li- I... The commodification and weaponization of the word cringe in internet culture is itself cringy, but also this show has like an honesty to it. Yeah. <laughs> that absolutely. means every now and then oh, it's yeah. gonna happen. Oh, oh no, yeah. I'm sorry, cringe count is two. Cringe count two. Two, okay, yeah. Okay, we'll one. have to get to those. Yeah. I got uh, one. Ooh, okay. Oh, well we'll see if Actually, they're doubled. Two, but one of them is just my own prejudice against a certain kind of food, but we'll get to that. I'm sure I'll be <laughs> rightfully roasted in a moment. Oh, we'll see. Gavin, how did you like the episode? I uh fucking hated that it's a two parter, but I can understand that they probably <laughs> chopped up a it probably was a one hour pilot that they cut in half. Uh mm-hmm. but besides the fact that I couldn't keep watching, I enjoyed myself. Uh I think one of my notes is that this feels like the distilled DNA of everything that worked with Parks and Rec in the office without... Yes. It, it, they, they, it feels like they've shed some of the tweeness and the second and the overly intense secondhand embarrassment that yes. both of those shows are known for. Uh, so, I like it so far. <laughs> nice. Okay, let's let's start a plot summary here. Yes. Um, which I think I'll just let you two take. And just run us through what happened in the episode. We see Eleanor in the shirt that you showed us, <laughs> which I also mm-hmm. caught, is sitting in a sofa and Michael comes in, the person that we will learn is Michael. And she's very confused about everything that's happening, remembers nothing, and then is told that she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about how she died. Seven? So- <laughs> yes. So... This is actually my first, like, complimentary note. Uh, okay. I give this show, and it might be a budgetary thing because there's so much CGI later on, but I give this show so much credit for having restraint in not 
doing a Family Guy jump cut to showing her dying. Mm-hmm. Because oh, I was yeah. just sitting there waiting for footage of her in a Kmart parking lot. And then some, like, really canned sound effects happen. and, and But it's just Michael telling Eleanor how she died. And it's played such... It's played to such a smooth, consistent rate. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a really good joke. And it didn't need a lot of the classic sitcom trappings. I very much enjoyed her death. <laughs> you can clip that one for Twitter. Whew, wonderful. Uh, so the way that she died was she... Run over by grocery carts. Yes. Mm-hmm. While she was purchasing <laughs> Lonely Gal Margarita Mix. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> My Mid. note on that one was 30 Rock called and they're filing a custody <laughs> suit over that joke on principle. So she is dead. That is how she died. Well, we, um, we didn't we didn't hit the big part, which is she she stops the carts and they they don't kill her. But she then ends up in traffic and is run over yes. by a billboard truck advertising a uh, uh, oh, what's it? I didn't write it down. This is the one joke I didn't write down. It's like it's like a play on the word engorge, but it's just like a boner pill. While Michael is explaining all of this to Eleanor, he also so she asks about who got the afterlife right, and the only person who even came close was Doug My boy Forsett. Doug! Yeah, talk about him, Gavin. Doug Forsett <laughs> is the most throwaway joke in the world. Uh, I, I did not get this joke. I'm excited to have you explain it to me. It just lands so well that this just dumbass white guy got so off his ass on mushrooms, he got 92% of the afterlife, right? And then it's just like this really wonderfully 70s shaded photo of just this burnout loser yeah. on the wall. <laughs> he looks high in the picture, yeah. even. He's just like staring oh, off is, into the distance. This is not like a dude that you know. Like, this is literally no, just someone that they invented. The joke. Okay. Like, yep. He's All just right. like some completely fucking random dude who just happened to get so fucking high on shrooms, he just guessed and was accidentally 92% correct. Okay. I know I made a joke about Ted, like, you know, uh, much like Neil Patrick Harris and certain other actors, like, there's a cult of, like, Ted Danson's great. And he is a g- he's great, but, like, his comedic delivery in this episode is flawless at points like yes him saying he's lucky to have that photo of doug fawcett is perfect (laughs) yeah it's great he's just like so like proud and like in awe i love it so uh then eleanor asks if she is in the good place or the bad place and michael says that she is in the good place and can one of you tell me like what he cites as being like one of the main reasons that she's in the good place. Mm. Like what he thought her Does profession he... was. Lawyer, uh, right? A, a lawyer, but like a defender, like a public defender for. Yeah. Yeah. For getting uh, um, innocent people off of death. Yeah. Row. Uh-huh. That's it. Yep. I have a question. Yes. yes. Why 322 people? Yeah. I was going to ask that. Like, is that a, is there a, I can't say anything. 
Okay. Okay. So, there so is this a is relevant. All right. Yeah. Good. So we we hit I'm just like the number is <laughs> so specific. Mark that one down, Ellie. <laughs> I was so just like the number is so it. specific. I'm like it has to mean something. It must. I'm getting the red twine. <laughs> I will say that that specific, like that, those digits are not necessarily signifying something, right? Um, but the the weight of that number is signifying something. I feel <laughs> like what I just said was nothing. The mental you're doing is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, y'all. <laughs> it's it's okay. We'll just we'll just keep thinking about it. Yeah. So with the, with the 322 thing, we leave Michael's office and we're walking around a newly painted up NBC backlot. Lots of pastel uh-huh. colors everywhere. Absolutely. And we get <laughs> To the first legitimate laugh I had in the episode, which is Ted Danson delivering the line, people love frozen yogurt. I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's this... (laughs) Yes! There's this This disdain in his face. so goddamn funny. I know someone He's so fucking frustrated with the the frozen (laughs) yogurt, and he doesn't... He just can't. (laughs) Yep. I know someone in real life who has this same opinion. So... Michael shows them this orientation video about what the good place is, and he says that there is a point system where uh, your goodness as a person is calculated based on the actions that you take. So first off, I want to I want to get you I want to get your takes on the system. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> this is the system. I knew we were living in Fallout. <laughs> this is like the system in real life. This is how people treat each other. Yes. This yes. is just this is just a uh, making it more plain, right? Mm-hmm. Making it really obvious. But like, this is how you treat each other. If you know, if someone does one good deed for you, then that will cancel out another bad deed that they might do to someone else, even if it outbalances one outbalances the other or whatever. And the inverse is also true. And people like ratchet up, you know, how many good things like a celebrity did, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Look at mm-hmm. all this stuff that they did. Like, this is totally, like, this is just how we live. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was watching it, and I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's how we yeah. live. I said, I said yeah. the same thing when he when they're doing the walking around before the video. I said the same thing about the housing situation. Yes, yes. Let's talk about that. So Eleanor has um, a little tiny cottage that I think is actually really charming and pretty and cute. Uh, it is we in don't talk what? about the clowns. Yeah, okay, Hard the clowns disagree. are really bad. Uh, Michael calls this the Icelandic primitive style that he knows that she loves. And it is filled to the fucking brim with clowns. And I want to talk about the only, like, noticeable, like, what you could call a jump cut in the episode. (laughs) That is her house. And then it just jumps back and it's hers and Tahani's Mm -hmm. house. Yeah. I forgot about that cut. It Mm -hmm. was so fucking funny. I laughed so hard. It's fucking hysterical. To talk about the the list of like positives and negatives in the video real quick though, I found it hilarious, but also these are the whitest sitcom writer Mm-mm. pluses and minuses you could ever fucking find. Mm-hmm. Like tolerate like one positive was politely tolerate stranger recounting New Yorker article at a party. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. 
Um, like some of them are fucking funny, like uh, fix broken tricycle for a child who is indifferent to tricycles <laughs> and then fix broken tricycle for a child who loves tricycles like that. That's a pretty solid joke. But then like remain loyal to Cleveland Browns. Like you can tell that's just there so that somebody in the director's co- or in the writer's commentary on the DVD five years later will be like, <laughs> that, that was me. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. So jokes like this where it is rapid fire things where you absolutely will have to pause and look one by one that's one of like the kind of iconic joke styles of the good place um we'll see a lot of these well that's gonna be terrible for my adhd felt but uh we'll get there also just an aesthetic commentary Uh hey michael is wearing that sky blue velvet suit and i went Oh, evoking a sense of heaven. Got mm-hmm. it. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. I. L- he's also got a literal peacock yes. bow tie yep. in his first uh, first set I when he's talking it. to her. I love it. I love that bow tie. <laughs> when we see the interior of the Icelandic primitive style, and the clown joke happens, uh, he pulls up the TV to show some yes. of um, Eleanor's memories, and we see footage from her uh, humanitarian mission yeah, in the Ukraine, which not. is just like no. it feels like we threw a, a, a dart at a map and went Ukraine. Um, it got me though because it, if you actually watch the footage, it's a POV of a person taking a box that just has six bottles of water and two teddy bears and it gives it to a bunch of distraught looking children (laughs) (laughs) yes so also true soulmates were discussed i think if we want to get back to like getting through the summary actually yes (laughs) to which i went true true soulmate in all caps and then put a lot of question marks after it and then i said haha this gives me the creepy crawlies because i'm yeah yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have that, and we have the introdu- introduction to her awful house, um, and then we get to the video. The interior's fine. There are clowns, Gavin. Gavin. Uh, this the, the, okay. The clown corner and the cl- I, I like the clown the door actually. Clown that was, door was fucking really, really hilarious. Funny. But <laughs> it was so terrifying. But the layout is, is very nice. nice. I also it. I like the exterior a lot. I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> it pains I, me to look at. Oh, I kind of like it. But I also thought that Midsummer was like a really beautiful, inspiring comedy. So <laughs> <laughs> Well Well, are you okay? No. I, I think we knew the answer to that one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe maybe don't uh maybe don't don't take my word on it being pretty. Um so and then we get the next big thing after we get uh, the thing about her and the kids in Ukraine is the intro to Cheedy. Cheedy is my man. Whoa. Yes. I was right. Yes. Cheedy so, fucking rocks. Please talk about Cheedy. My, my sweet, name, sweet boy. My username in TriCast right now is Gavin, quote, Cheedy fan Gaddis. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I have a note here during the conversation that he was having with Eleanor about the language barriers. Yes, please. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. It's every every conversation I've ever had with a monolingual white person. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. I did not cringe because I just sat there and I went, no, I know this conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is exactly how I expected it to go. Uh, mm-hmm. He deals with it very gracefully. Mm-hmm. Mostly by ignoring it. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> which I think might be another thing that Chidi does a lot. Well, I'm not sure. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> so can one of you explain like who Chidi is and what he does and kind of his defining characteristics? I can do his characteristics, but I forgot the actual like description of his I remember that I was right. He's a professor. He was a professor yes. of ethics and philosophy. That's yes. it. Yeah. Yep. And it's why he's in the good place. Ethics. Yes. And, his, and like, all of his like stuff that he did. His character is quietly suffering. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's so good of heart, but ev- m- most of the jokes are him just like, no. Like... <laughs> <laughs> what was your job? I was a professor of ethics. Like, like this. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So Chidi is Eleanor's soulmate. Is what Michael says. Well, air quote Eleanor's soulmate. Right. Right. So this is uh, when we get to the point where she makes him promise to never, ever, 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 ever betray her, and then she tells him. She is not this Eleanor. She is not supposed to be here. This is not right. They are not soulmates. Um, and like 12 mm-hmm. minutes in, we get to the point of the fucking show and I'm I'm invested in this gimmick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ellie, how did you feel about that? Uh oh yeah. As soon as um when when Michael was doing the review of your review of your life, I was sitting there and I have a note in here and it says, I don't trust the review of your life. <laughs> This seems wrong. This is not Eleanor. Um, And then we got down to, like, where she reveals it. And the note that I have is, yes, sales. That's what I meant by PR marketing. Ah, okay. I will give you you a bonus ding right now um, because you meant that thing. My brain just did words a different way. So I will put in a ding here for you. Can I make a bold prediction that will probably bite me in the ass? Yes. There will come a point in the good place where Eleanor has done something to piss off one of the other characters. And while she's down, she goes back to her house moping and watches footage of something nice that fake Eleanor did. And it's going to inspire her to do something. Because I feel like we've set up the memories being there on the TV for a specific reason besides just revealing this twist. Interesting. <laughs> I have a different. Th- I have a different theory. Give me, give me, give me. Like about like you know. I don't think it it necessarily theory invalidates fight. that one. Theory fight. <laughs> They're all fake memories. Ah. All of them. Every ah. single person has a fake memory. Ah. And Eleanor's memories didn't work. Yes. <laughs> Love it. That's my theory. Oh, we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> this show is us just making will. cautiously not say anything (laughs) most of the time yeah um it is a very fun little game for me that i do genuinely enjoy very much uh Mm -hmm. mostly because i have the knowledge and i love when i have the knowledge (laughs) this is why you possess this is why in tabletops i almost always prefer being the gm (laughs) air horn sound breaking through the wall Oh, that's the right, people. It's time for cringe count. <laughs> yes, cringe count. This, this gimmick can bite me. The fake swearing thing is not funny. <laughs> oh, he hates it. Oh, wonderful. I hate it 
with such a passion. I enjoy I enjoy fake swear like frack on Battlestar Galactic and shit like that. It's fun. This one's like it it's cloying. This is wild. I am the exact opposite. I fucking hate made up swear words. I think they're so stupid. But I like that this one it does something so over the top obnoxious and cloying that I think if she was more frustrated to me, I think she was more frustrated by it because there have been prop. I I can't remember any off the top of my head, but there have been like shows and movies that have played with the idea that a character who does swear can't and they hate it. Uh, I know there's probably been like a couple of Deadpool iterations where he gets censored and he plays with that a lot. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I haven't read many myself but that's fine. but like she's not she's put off by it once and then she gets excited that she can say butthead later uh mm-hmm. it just feels very it, 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 if this wasn't constrained by being on nbc i think it could be funnier but because mm-hmm. i know it was broadcast on real you know tv uh I don't know if there's a. I don't know if it can break through a ceiling and become like elevated later down the line. Because right. I know there's never going to be a point where she like says fuck and then we all throw our hands up and cheer. Because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let Eleanor say fuck. Let Eleanor say fuck. Let me say fuck. Damn, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, let me say fuck. Let's all say fuck. Ready? One, two, three. Fuck. fuck. That was great. I think we've all healed if a lot. If any of you had said fork, I would have I, left this recording. I need you to know that I did think about it. <laughs> I like, I need you to know it. that I was just like, oh, I should say fork, but I won't because Gavin will hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you dearly. You're some of my closest friends. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ellie, have we um, gotten to any of your cringe counts yet? Did we gloss over we, them? No, we haven't. It is at this party, though. Okay. Ooh, okay, um, yeah. Let's talk about this party. So she tells Chidi about this. They get to the fake swearing. Oh, and then, important. So Yeah. And this was, Ellie, what you were saying about sales. Mm-hmm. Ellie, can you explain what her job was? Yes, I can. Delightedly so. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor sold... She showed, sold medication to the elderly. Uh-huh. And the medication was actually chalk. Chalk. What, what's the joke? She's like, I was the best salesperson <laughs> for five years running. That makes it <laughs> yeah, worse. So good. <laughs> uh, Chidi, Chidi's reactions to things are some of the best parts of this show. Um, can I just say also that like the whole like white girl selling fake medication... Thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That, oh, that's yeah. like really on point. Uh-huh. Um, I was uh-huh. just like watching. I was just like, oh yeah, just like real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, they tell me this is fiction, but <laughs> as somebody who in, who loves, it's always sounding mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily new or uh, groundbreaking to have characters be irredeemable assholes. But in the context of a show like this, to have, like, arguably the main character be the irredeemable asshole that everyone else is like, whoa, uh-huh, like, uh-huh. 
that is great. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this dynamic. I know I haven't seen much of it, but I do enjoy it. I also, great. like, I like that it's Kristen Bell playing the most irredeemable yeah. asshole because she is literally a Disney princess. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, she played Anna. <laughs> yep. There are giant arrows on the screen going, Get yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Before we get to the party, there is something else super important that happens. Uh, she meets Tahani, right? Uh, that oh, happened. yeah. Yeah, that happens before. Oh, shit. Though. That isn't even what I was going to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Oh, yes. Okay. First, though, before even she meets Tahani and Jianyu, she meets Janet. Oh, yeah. That's right. Janet. That yes. Bitch, she meets Janet. Yeah. Yes. I um. She means Janet was so, with Chidi. Yeah, so you two are both right. She is like an AI. She is um, a personified encyclopedia. She's kind of like Siri. Um, she plays she plays the audio clip of the bad place very, very, very loudly <laughs> while just smiling, just smiling so pleasantly. I love that I know uh, uh, beforehand that Janet is a more significant character because. I would be very cautious watching this show unannounced, seeing like, oh, cool AI character. Probably not going to use that much. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. I love, I love Janet. Janet. Janet is amazing. I don't have enough character spaces in my cast name to fit Chidi and Janet <laughs> fans. <laughs> I love Janet so much. She clearly is also like the like an AI with like a depth of like, you're going to underestimate me and I'm going to fuck with you. Yeah, you were so spot yeah. on with that. Yeah, like, I love her. So then we get to Tahani and Jianyu, who are uh, Eleanor's next-door neighbors. Can y'all describe Tahani and Jianyu, please? Uh, Jianyu is fucking hot. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, yeah. Uh, Extremely attractive. Everyone on this show is painfully hot. Yes. But, like... Jianyu and Tahani, though, oh my god. <laughs> I'm a little let down by the characterization so far. I'm sure things are going to change significantly, but like... What's up? It's editing, Will, and I just wanted to say yes. It was killing me that I couldn't say anything about the vow of silence or about how Jianyu is Jason or anything at all. Yes, I'm dying. They still don't know. Uh, yeah. That's I know. If you are in agony right now, I know. I know. The vow of silence thing. Yeah, Ew. I was just about to say the vow of silence thing. Come on. Oof. I I did not like that. I'm not sure I can articulate why. Okay. It feels like a 1980s joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Um Clearly, Will like, is just sitting here like, I know what happens and you don't. <laughs> I did like the like off kilter vibe between Tahani and, and Jianyu. Yeah, what do you I was also what do you think about that dynamic? I think that it just proves my point that they're all fake memories and everybody yeah. here doesn't actually soulmates, but it's fine. Hmm. <laughs> Jeez. It is like playing D D with you. Like <laughs> I, I w- I don't want this to sound like I'm frustrated, like I'm enjoying this quite a lot. But okay. How, what do you all think about Tahani? 
I have an analysis thing here at the end, which is Tahani definitely giving me those shady faux upper crust vibes. Mm. Gavin? I don't, I don't have anything. That yeah. was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. There's, yeah, there's got, not, not a lot you, to work with, really. Like she, you, you've, got the, you've got the snooty English accent thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, That's like, it. it feels fake. Yeah, and I, the house feels fake. So I will say, um, Jamila Jamil is um is english born and she does have an accent but her accent right but this is this is not this one yes exactly so i heard her speaking before like this is not her accent which is why i was like is this her like using some kind of affect like clearly she's using some kind of affectation or she's mimicking another dialect that i don't know Mm -hmm. but it's either that it's fake on purpose with the affectation or she's mimicking a dialect i don't know oh okay you mean in the fiction in yes in the fiction yeah yeah the the character of Tahani, right? Because the the Tahani's accent that she's using on the show is not Jamila Jamil's, right? We are, El, you and I are both in agreement on this. I just okay, okay. I know I'm just sitting here going yeah a lot, but it's because you're just saying exactly what like what I was thinking. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say anything about that one then. Okay, okay. but I think okay. with the can I can I make you all alienate yes. you now? Do it. Okay, fuck these shrimp. They look disgusting. They do look disgusting. <laughs> they look like the shrimp from terrible. fucking Beetlejuice. <laughs> so, interesting thing about the shrimp. There is, a, like, Eleanor loving cocktail shrimp is, like, a recurring joke to the point where um, when I went to the, the Good Place rap party, like, the live thing, um, they were giving out prizes, and one of them was a, an enamel pin of a cocktail <laughs> shrimp. Um... <laughs> But uh, Kristen Bell is a vegan, <laughs> so <laughs> all of the shrimp you see are like little rubber replicas that they had to make. Yeah, they're so fake. Yes, they're very fake. <laughs> Horrible. It does make it extra hilarious to jump ahead for a quick yeah. second when they get back to the cottage and <laughs> she's she pulls like, it Did you steal her- shrimp? <laughs> Do you steal shrimp in your bra? And she just starts pulling a cartoonish just amount so of shrimp out of her dress. <laughs> so just many. so many shrimp. So many. Uh yeah, let's let's actually let's get to this party. Um so This is my first cringe counter. Yes, gimme, gimme. It's Eleanor making fun of Tahani. Interesting. Very loudly at the party. Like I just I couldn't. I was just like, no, stop. You're so drunk. Please be quiet. Stop making fun of people in public. Once again the arrows come out and point at her. Get it? Like Yeah. <laughs> um I I always expect, but I never I almost or very rarely get like people doing that kind of like outlandish, very embarrassing to me um mm-hmm. kind of thing. I always expect that the people around them like, all of them, including bystanders, will react to it. Mm-hmm. I almost never get it. Yeah. Because, obviously, that's not the point of the jokes in these situations. Yeah. Um, but I, I always expect it, and so I just, like, I can't. I am every single bystander. So Eleanor is already making fun of Tahani um, for being excessive and being very wealthy. It's when Tahani talks up having 37 regulation tennis courts that Eleanor starts kind of going off. And Eleanor is already mm-hmm. a little bit tipsy at this point. Um, yeah. And she says, you know, she's saying like, oh, I'm so fancy. Meow, 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 meow. And to play off of that point that um, that you two were talking about before, Eleanor says that Tahani is choosing to have that accent and that she's just an asshole. Um, 
Mm -hmm. And Eleanor uses the fact that Chidi doesn't have an accent to cite that. Um, What do you... Oh, yeah, shit. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't think... I don't think I agree with that rationalization, even though, like... Um, the language, the way that the language barrier, like, resolve thing, code, works, Mm -hmm. is that it makes everyone, like, intelligible to each other. Um, Hmm. like, Chidi was speaking another language, um, and said so, but we don't have any evidence that Tahani isn't isn't speaking another language. Right, yeah. Like it, that might actually just be the code. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Much in the same way, the the TARDIS and uh, Babelfish and uh, the Universal Translators and Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that might just be the code, and it might be true that she's, you know, doing an affectation of some kind. Um, like super elongated vowels. Nobody elongates vowels that much. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. (laughs) Ellie, I love how much you are just on this. Oh, uh, Ellie, in case the listeners don't know. uh, Oh, right. (laughs) You want to just. I'm a linguist. Yeah. (laughs) I I have 1.75 degrees in linguistics. The 0.75 is the master's degree I'm currently finishing. I would say Uh, that you have 1.9. Yeah, fair. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Ellie is the person who knows the smart things. I'm the one who has the IMDb of the director up to have a, pre- a pretentious little segment where I'm like, well, here's the pedigree of the show. No, 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 no. Gavin brings all of the knowledge about sitcoms because I don't watch sitcoms. I'm also here for whenever the fucking train shows up and you <laughs> dedicate five minutes to me being like, oh, okay, let's talk about Honestly, this. Honestly, the two of your powers combined is like mm-hmm. the most powerful viewing experience and discussion for the good place there you go there we go so Tahan, they're at tahani's so party. party um and at yeah. this point so after um after they get there um they start meeting all of the people in the neighborhood at this party michael announces to everybody that so he is the architect of this neighborhood in the good place and he's very proud because this is his first project and he's been trying for a long time time for his boss to let him have one it was such a cherry on top of all of the escalation mm-hmm. <laughs> and then because i know what i know it makes it better i i maybe it's different for people who don't know but it makes it better knowing what i know about michael because mm-hmm. there's just there's layers i don't know i don't know man maybe it's just me making um making lemons out of lemonade this here, is the but- thing i don't know isn't it who knows? I just like Gavin. You know, yeah, I know. Like, get out. <laughs> Tread carefully, Gavin. I'm treading carefully. Ted Danson's really fucking good in this. Ted like, Danson's I, so forget, fucking forget good. Forget any in sort this. of spoilers. His deliveries are. He could have phoned this in. One hundred percent, he could have phoned this in and just done Ted Danson. But he's adding something to it. And I mean, you can you can just tell like he gives mm-hmm. a shit, and that's something that can make or break a character like Michael. Yes, who could be cloying, like he could be as twee as the font 
<laughs> like I don't know the That's font the of font. the good place gets please me. Please like, talk about it, please. <laughs> I looked it up. Uh, someone on Reddit say it says it's Brandon grotesque bold, Jesus. but it's just Futura but fancier. Yes, it really Fuck is. Off. Um, <laughs> it's just it, like the, the show is very pastel forward. Yeah. It, it is the aesthetic of the yes. show, and it, it's not bad. Like I don't want to say I don't like that side of it. But for some reason, the fact the fact that they always do the 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 my graphic design is my passion thing of having like <laughs> a, sort of a neutral yeah. middle color and then like a bright yellow and it's just the good place yeah. or um what's the what's the note she wakes up to uh, ev- uh everything is fine welcome everything is fine, fine. Yep. Uh, it just I don't know there's something so sterile about mm-hmm. it. I, I can't put um, my finger on it yet. It's very much like faux suburbia, nice people. It feels yes. like The Sims. It does. Yes. It feels yes, like yes, The yes. Sims. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like they're working off of a template. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ellie, what did you make of this interaction where Michael says that this is his first project? Um. Honestly, I sort of looked at it and I went, your first Okay. Your first project took you like a long time. Like, have you been setting this up for a while? This being like giving everybody fake memories and making them think it's the good place. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. That was that was my thought. Okay. I'm so glad I didn't read Ellie's notes. <laughs> 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 this is so fun. Um, actually, most of these that I'm giving you are like only like half of them are in here. The other half are just like the ones that I'm remembering because I'm like looking Off at it. The dome. <laughs> so, Eleanor totally drunk they go back mm-hmm. to eleanor's house chidi takes her home um she takes the drunk scene is too sad you didn't have to go this hard oh it is so good buckle the <laughs> fuck in <laughs> bitches it's episode one you didn't need to go this hard you think this goes too hard buckle the fuck for, in. for episode one maybe yeah let's talk about it um well so chidi like gets Eleanor up into bed after she takes the uh, buck wild amount of shrimps out of her bra. Um, And (laughs) I want to talk about a few things that she says specifically. The conversation starts because she asks if anybody cared that she died. Um, She talks about how her parents divorced when she was really young. They were awful people. They did not like her. She says that they're probably in the bad place and they are probably being used against each other to torture each other. Um, And then she's like, you know, people probably are a lot more sad that you died, Chidi, because you were a good person. Um, Yeah. How did y'all react to to this scene? It's too sad. So sad. (laughs) Sad. Why? Um, But I I had a moment where I was just like, oh... This is kind of real life happening again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is the fact that people whose family are terrible means that they don't have anyone to mourn them. Yeah. Even though that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people who were quote unquote good people, quote unquote good people, right, um, are ones that are mourned by everyone. I mean, it's all right. about who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Yeah, nice, nice reference. Good job. <laughs> it, so this is something that The Good Place has made me confront with myself a lot, actually. Um, I have always been of the belief that if a shitty person dies, 
I don't like we shouldn't we shouldn't mourn them. We shouldn't really act like they were good people. We shouldn't give much care for their humanity, honestly. Like if somebody is truly genuinely a horrible fucking person, um, if they die, I don't think they are deserving of fanfare or or eulogy. Um, I don't know if my stance has changed on that since watching The Good Place, but it has certainly been challenged several times, which I really appreciate. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like this show challenged me on that in ways that conversation about this philosophy has not necessarily challenged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gavin, any more notes on this uh, extremely sad scene? It just sells me on the thing that made me interested in this show to begin with. Cause I am just a, I am a huge sucker for fiction that deals with death mm-hmm. and afterlife. Like I've gone out of my way to read captain Stormfield's visit to heaven, which is one of the, I, I think lesser popular Mark Twain stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stuff like I'm trying to find it, but there's that one episode of LeVar Burton reads where he reads a short story about a woman who dies and then it turns out heaven is like this weird sort of time runs really fast and it's hard to keep a hold of your memories of the real of how your life was but because of the way like soul bonds work she ends up like having a whole nother like life with her uh husband but she just doesn't remember him Mm -hmm. And it's all about how like things have beginnings and ends and that nothing is eternal. And uh, there are like fiction that plays with the afterlife because like it's the one thing we don't know. So mm-hmm. there's an infinite amount of possibilities to have fun with it. And it might seem like the show is hedging its bets by saying literally every religion got it 5% right. Mm-hmm. So none of you can be mad at us on uh, primetime television. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> It does also set up that there is a whole set of rules that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I love rules in shows. So I'm here for it. And her talking about like how her like her wondering like or not wondering, but like they're probably torturing each other in hell and stuff like that uh, sets everything up. And I'm, it makes me more excited and more pissed off that this is a fucking two parter. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Palaroni. Uh, you can find us on all the socials at Empty Cues Pod or on uh, emptythecues.wordpress.com or um, in your heart. You can find us there too. Go to the doctor. Oh no. Oh, you might need a surgery. Um, anyway, join us next week when I talk to Sweet Joshy about the first episode of Community. Okay, bye!